Uh, hi James. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Uh, uh, how long uh, up to Malton are you now, uh, Mister? Uh, so I've just got down to base camp. Um, I've been up at camp two and above for nine days. So I did two little rotations up there. And now I'm back in uh, civilization where I can get a shower. It's uh, a wonderful treat. Uh, so when you're back at base camp, uh, James, then you're at uh, how high are you? Uh, so base camp is 5,300 meters. And then camp two is 6,500 Camp three is about seven thousand two hundred, and then camp four is eight thousand meters. Ooh. So it goes up, uh, goes up a little bit. It gets increasingly more difficult the higher you get, though. So how high have you been uh, so far? Um, <clears throat> so on the the last rotation, um, we were trying to get to the South Col, which is uh, about eight thousand meters, but uh, there was a storm, so we only managed to get to about seven thousand eight hundred. And uh, all the Sherpa were turning around and dropping their you know, their loads and tying it to the fixed line. So everybody sort of ran away from the top then. <laughs> but uh, yes, I've been pretty pretty high. Um, wow. It, it hurts up there, I tell you. It's, uh, I can see why not many people have done this. It's, uh, it's a painful experience. Uh, what what uh, is the feeling? Uh, no problem. You're just, uh, just lagging a bit. Uh, what is the feeling, James? Uh, when you're up at uh, over seven thousand, yes, seven thousand without oxygen. Yeah, so it's it's two things. The first one is when you're when you're walking, and you know it's just you in the fixed line. It's like if you go for a sprint and you sprint say four hundred meters, and right at the end of the sprint, you you know you can hardly breathe. You just you just want oxygen, so you're breathing super deep. Um, it's like that, but without moving. <laughs> And you take maybe one step every 10 seconds, but you're still breathing as, about as hard as you can. And then the moment you stop thinking about breathing, so you, you bend down to clip something or you take a drink of water, it's, um, it's like that feeling right at the end if you hold your breath as long as you can, where you're just gasping for air and you kind of think you're suffocating. Mm. Um, and that happens after five seconds so it's, it's quite an intense experience um not particularly fun i'll be honest <laughs> but uh but you do make progress you know just slowly one step at a time uh so now we have experienced how it is at seven thousand. yeah so we um so the last rotation we got up about seven thousand eight hundred um up from camp three and then we had to turn around um so high, yeah, it does high, get more how diff- high is the top, uh, James? So the top is 8,840. Okay, um, so there's still about another 1,000 meters to go, yeah. So how do you think it's going to be those last 1,000 meters when you experience suffocating? Uh, in, it, uh... It's going to be the most painful experience of my life, <laughs> without doubt. Um, I think I'm. my guess is that it's it's right at the limit of what I can do, but I think I can do it. It's just going to be really, really hard those last couple of hundred meters. You know that um, you know that you're a crazy we, bastard, right? <laughs> well, we'll find out. It's uh, I think you know a lot. As I said before, a lot has to go right, and I think summit day has to be pretty perfect, and I have to be in good shape. Yeah. Um, but we will see. But uh, no, it is definitely an experience to be up there, and it's just. I mean, it's 800 meters. It's the it's the distance, um, you know, that uh, 
you know, I walk my nephew to school and it takes 15 minutes, even with him hiding behind trees and things. <laughs> and, and yet that, that takes like six hours of walking. So I, I sort of try and think of that when I'm up there. I just realized that it's not that far. It just sort of takes a long time. Uh, how is your mental game these days, James? This is struggle. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great question, actually. So I did two little mini rotations, and the first one was a complete disaster. Um, so by the time I got up on the in the morning at Camp Three to to do this walk up to the South Col, just I was not in the right mental zone at all. Like I, the last place I wanted to be on Earth was there, walking <laughs> up that mountain. And I probably made it 50 meters before my uh, sort of Sherpa guide sort of turned me around and we went back down uh, to camp too. I just wasn't wasn't there. Didn't sleep well, was really tired. And I just, you know, it's amazing the difference it makes between being strong and focused and just not focused and not caring. Mm. But we went back up there a couple of days later and it was a 180 degrees difference. I was super focused you know, super like determined of what I needed to do. And, uh, and we did it. And, um, you know, it was a, you know, the only real difference was that mental state. I think, mm. uh, it was quite an amazing transition and something to experience being in the exact same situation, but we've just, the only difference was really that mental attitude. And it was a difference between 50 meters and 700. That's extreme. Uh, do you remember what you did with your focus on your on your mental game, then, James? Yeah, I, well, I just remember being so angry with myself for not being focused and not being, you know, in the right state of mind. Um, so yes, yeah, so I just listened to a couple of little motivational, you know, bits of music, and it sort of reminded me what I was missing. Um, and I sort of yeah, just remembered why I was there and what I needed to do, and this was my one chance and I was about to blow it <laughs> um, for no good reason. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, just pushed every, all the other things I was thinking about out of my mind. And the only reason for me being there and the only thing I thought of for the next three days was those, those steps up to the South Gulf. Um, and when it was time to go off, we went, and got in the zone, you know? Um, yeah. and made it. So it was, it was quite an, quite an amazing experience I'm, i'm sure lots of people had that you know you, you go and sign up for a 10k run and some days you're feeling great and you want to be there and other days it's raining and the last thing you want to do is be there and really the only difference is is how you're feeling and how your mind is and oh it makes all the difference uh so you uh, used your anger to the positive then i understand yeah i i don't know if it's anger but it was maybe anger at myself or wasting that opportunity i think mm. that was that was really it um but yeah but um managed to get back in the game so to speak so no happy i did that and i know what i need to do for summit day now is really get back to that that kind of you know do or die attitude and just go for it mm. uh it has been uh one accident already at uh, mount everest uh, james uh, yeah that's right um there's a real idol to me actually i mean uh, i i used to play uh an audio of one of his uh one of the clips of one of his climbs literally every single training run run i'd done for the last year so that was uh that was quite a shock i never actually met him uh, he was in our camp so a few days before and I, i was in my tent i didn't know he was there but now i think everybody was quite shocked i mean he's probably the best climber in the world and um 
yeah, terrible accident. So, um, what happened? Yeah, it's quite sad. Well, nobody really knows. They basically sort of found the body at the bottom of, of Nupsi. I think he'd just been doing a training climb and, um, you know, something went wrong and he sort of fell down. Um, so that was a sad event. But then another, another thing that just happened, um, <clears throat> one of the, the Sherpa on the Lotsi face, which is a sort of 50 degree ice slope you have to climb for a thousand meters. Um, he, he fell off and, um, quite a few of the guys here were on the rope at the same time. And he just came sliding past them at hundred kilometers an hour Ooh. and he fell 700 meters down this face. Um, you know, and they sort of, uh, got him down, got him in the helicopter, took him to Kathmandu and they found out that, um, he'd bruised his ribs and, uh, bruised his head, but not badly. What? That's it. Yep. <laughs> He's totally fine. Is that possible? So, um, uh, it is, it happened. It is happened. So, um, yeah, everybody was quite, quite worried, especially the people that sort of seen him, seen him fall. But, um, yeah, absolutely fine. Wow. After so, a fall um, on 700 yeah. meters, he bruised. 700 meters. Wow. <laughs> a couple of bruises. Wow. I know. It's amazing. A real miracle. So that's a miracle. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy place up here, you know, like, you know, people have, you know, hurt themselves, you know, tripping over the carpet more than this guy. Um, but then, yeah, then you have the, the case like Uli. So, um, no, hopefully, uh, hopefully no more accidents this year. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But uh, how, how's, uh, how's your feeling now, uh, James? You have been there for two months now, almost three months. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'd be nice to see something that isn't white, blue or gray. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's literally the only three colors you get here, so it'd be nice to see some green at some point. How's um, the weather? Uh, yeah, the weather hasn't been well. Usually the mornings are nice, and then it snows. It's snowing really heavily now at base camp, but um, and I think the next few days the weather will be quite windy, which means we can't go up. Um, I, I'm kind of ready to to get this thing over and done with. I mean, I've been here eight weeks now or something, so um. Yeah, it's uh I'm getting a little bit bored, I admit. But um <laughs> yeah, again, focus on, on what needs to get done you know, it'll be over before I know it. And I was having a chat with one of the guides earlier and he um he said, Yeah, and even if you're sitting here, you know, hating it, you know, you'll leave this place and an hour later you'll be wishing you were back. So, and I think he's uh, probably right about that. So I'm just trying to You know, the last couple of days, I've just really tried to focus on enjoying it and you know, looking at the view and rather than worrying about, oh, I have to climb this slope or this is cold, I can't feel my fingers, just focus on, wow, look at this view or, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm here. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a very up and down week, but I think I've got my sort of focus mojo back and I'm excited to hopefully get this thing done and, and, and make it to the top. Uh, do you recognize something from um, from your run across Australia trip uh, uh, when you look at your mental game, uh, James? Yeah, I was thinking about that actually yesterday. So the, the, the walk up to the South Col is about six hours um, for me without oxygen. And it's it's basically six hours of just suffering. And it feels like you're there for weeks and weeks. Um, it's... um it. And I, I thought, well, it's sort of similar to Australia, but it's different because Australia, you know, you'd run until it got boring and annoying or pain and then you'd stop and have a rest. And then when you felt ready again, you'd start running. So 
yes, you're running for eight or 10 hours a day, but you could break it into manageable chunks. Whereas the climbing is just constant. Um, there's no really any rests. You know, we, we stop every hour or two for a, a drink of water and one bite of chocolate and then off we go again. It's really just keeping it going. So in many ways, it's actually more difficult than Australia just because it's, there is no respite. It's just constant, constant, constant. Um, but then I just think, well, look, if I can run for eight hours a day, I can surely walk for eight hours a day. Um, so I think it, it does help a little bit, but it, it's quite a different feeling and a, and a different animal. So it's not comparable, but I'm, I'm sure Australia helps knowing that, you know, you're going to get there in the end. You just have to keep walking. It's just a much more frustrating process. Um, climbing this mountain uh, how is it uh, to be uh, with uh, the same people all day for all these days yeah you know it's actually it's actually not that bad and there's some really amazing people here um, i've met some really really like incredible people um there's one one guy in particular who's um in the special forces in america that has some amazing stories we uh, we get on really well um it's okay i've uh i, I get enough you know days where it's really just me and maybe one other person in camp okay so i think that kind of helps um but yeah i think i i think some of them are getting a little frustrated but i think that's just part of it yeah so when are you going to summit uh, james don't know have to go and talk to the boss um but definitely within the next three weeks um and then because the season's over yeah. the weather is being a bit crazy up here it's supposed to be quite windy for the next few days and they haven't put the fixed ropes up to the summit yet which okay. is the real kind of that's the the go flag yeah. um so we'll see but I, i would think probably in about two weeks time for the last week of may so so it's coming it's coming uh it was very nice to talk to you again james i just wanted to uh have a little conversation and uh, hear how you're doing. And I was uh, curious about uh, your mental game because you're, you're trying this climb without uh, extra oxygen. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, appreciate the, the call as always, Frank. Uh, no, it's great to talk to you.